Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, a very warm welcome to you and also Merry Christmas. Yes, I said Christmas. Although the world has taken down its tinsel, all the CVS tinsel is gone, and all of the easy listening radio stations that played like 24-hour carols since Halloween have gone back to easy listening, and as of a couple of days ago, we may be on the brink of a war. Uh, Merry Christmas. And I say that to you because uh, we're not in denial here at Calvary St. George's, uh, but rather this is the 12th day of Christmas. And I really want to encourage you all, if you can, to pop in after the service to our 12th day of Christmas party immediately following the 11 a.m. service here. So, but um, I do want to say that, um, opening up, I love a good mystery, and I'm not alone in uh, this love. Um, actually, the, one of the number one movies in our country was uh, Knives Out, which was a whodunit uh, movie, and it was, po- was one of the most popular films in 2019. And uh, growing up, I was a huge fan of Twin Peaks. Um, I uh, watched that when it first came out in the 90s. And uh, that was before, like, Netflix and uh, DVRs and Apple TV. You know, you had to be committed at Saturday night at 7 p.m. to find out what was going on. And if you missed it, you'd be completely lost. But every week, Agent Cooper revealed a mystery, unveiled the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. And as soon as it was all discovered, everything made sense. Even beginning in the first episode, it all began to make sense until Wyndham Earl came on the scene and messed everything up. I'm speaking to all the Twin Peak fans here, uh, but anyway, uh, anyway, but, uh, but uh, mysteries, we're into it. And St. Paul, he writes about a mystery being made known in our reading from Ephesians. A mystery. Although this mystery is a little different than the way we interpret it, this isn't so much a mystery in the sense of a Scooby-Doo sense, something we have to figure out. This is a mystery, a revelation. And he writes deep in the epistle, our reading today, chapter 3, in former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit That is, and here's the thing, this is what the prophets have been speaking about, and this is what the uh, apostles are pointing back to. This is the mystery revealed. This is the whole point of Ephesians. The Gentiles, or the whole point of, of Epiphany, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and shares in the same promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, biblically speaking, Gentiles were all those who were not part of Israel. The Israelites, the Jews, were those who descended from the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they worshipped the one true God. And not the God they discovered. This is the thing. It's not the God they discovered. This usually comes as a front to a lot of American religion. Not the God they discovered, but the God who had revealed himself to them as good, just, faithful, holy. Everyone else in the world was a Gentile, and they were not part of God's chosen people. God chose them, and Gentiles, they worshipped other gods, idols, 
made out of wood and stone. And these gods, unlike the God of Israel, these gods didn't speak. Therefore, the Gentiles groped around in the dark, possessing no knowledge of how to access the gods and ultimately appease them. I mean, there was a lot of speculation and good guesses and theories, but nothing sure. They couldn't explain why the crops still flooded. They couldn't explain why this happened or that happened, even though they sacrificed all the right animals or all the right children. And so the Gentiles, biblically speaking, were a people, they were nations unlike Israel, without any hope, because they were in the world without God. And the truth is, is that's where we would be as well, if the long-hidden mystery that St. Paul speaks about had not been made known to us. And this is my first point. Today, and through the season of Epiphany, we're going to celebrate the making known of this mystery to the Gentiles, to you and me. We're going to celebrate the making known of God to his enemies. This is what this season is all about that we're moving into, that God cares for his enemies and that God has made a way for them. Who am I kidding? God has made a way for us Gentile New Yorkers who have our own idols of career, prestige, wealth, status. He has made a way for us. He has made a way for Jake. I mean, that's a miracle to be included in his family. And we see this exemplified and illustrated in our gospel reading today with the visit of the Magi, the Gentile wise men, to the baby Jesus. The Magi, this is where we get our word magician from. And I write a little bit about the history of it in our blog that you can get at on our webpage. But um, Magi were essentially, this is where we get our word magician. And they would never have been on the Axe Vector or any of those shows. These were a cross between scientists and diplomats. These were very powerful, powerful men. And they would have uh, likely come from Babylon in the east. And they typically, Magi, were emissaries. Daniel was a Magi. They represented another king. Daniel was actually a magi. And one of the things that they've learned is that Assyria and Babylon, they ascribed constellations to nations they had conquered. And so here, this is probably where they got the word of a star arising in the constellation of Judah. And it's really interesting when you read the Old Testament in Jewish history, um, the last time noblemen came from the east... The last time noblemen uh, emissaries came from that direction, they destroyed the kings of Israel and Judah and took everyone captive and hostage. However, this time they have come and they are bringing gifts. But going back to this concept of the star, this is very important. The star could only get them so far. This is a very important thing. There is basically two types of revelation. There's general revelation and there's special revelation. And in our society, we're all hooked on general revelation. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about how the universe is speaking to them. The universe is telling them to do this or that. The universe does not speak. The universe is a cold and harsh place. And if you actually got in it, uh, you'd freeze to death. Like that's what the universe would do to you. It's not saying anything. Stars don't speak. The stars herald, the universe heralds the fact that there is a God 
And he is great, and he is mighty, and he is majestic. But you do not know through the universe and the stars alone if that God is good, if he is merciful, and if he is gracious unto you. If he even actually loves you. You don't know that. And so the star for these magi, it could only get them so far. Because stars don't speak. The God of Israel speaks, but stars don't speak. It doesn't reveal the mystery of God. It can only tell you so much. And so when the wise men going by the star alone, they have to trust their instinct. And their instinct is, is oh my gosh, a king is born in, Jer- is born in Jerusalem. Obviously. Our instinct would say a king is born in Rome. A king is born in New York City. A king is born in these powerful places. And so they go to Jerusalem, and their instinct takes them to the most dangerous place possible. Before King Herod, who, like every politician, is saying one thing and means another. You know, tell me where he's at so that I might kill, I mean, worship him as well. You know, you know, we're doing this for peace, to secure peace, you know. I mean, there's like craziness. It's how it always goes. How it always goes. One thing saying another. Ultimately, the mystery for the wise men is unfolded in the scriptures. The place where the one true God has spoken. And it is not, and it says, it has been written by the prophets, they go, the scribes go there. And you, not Jerusalem, not you Rome, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. You can't get that from stars. The fact is, is that this mystery, which is revealed as St. Paul describes it, this mystery which is the boundless riches of Christ, unfolds actually throughout the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis. A lot of people think that Old Testament is like angry God and New Testament is nice God. No. Jesus is unfolding in the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis. And the more you begin to read it and read it through the lens by which he taught us to read it, all the law and the prophets point unto me, you begin to see that every verse begins to make the shape of a cross. I mean, we read it in our prophecy today from the prophet Isaiah in our reading. The nations, the Gentiles would come to the light shining out of Israel. And before that, long before that, A promise was given to the patriarch Abraham that his seed, which is Jesus, his seed shall bless all the nations, bring us all under his fold. Every part of the Old Testament points to Jesus. On New Year's Eve, we celebrated the Feast of the Holy Name, the circumcision of Jesus. And someone asked me, well, how does the circumcision uh, in the Old Testament point to Jesus? And I was like, good question. Um... Jesus is the flesh of Israel which has been cut off by which all of us now become his people. Every letter whispers his name and points and drives us to him. This is such a powerful thing, and this is my second point. The Gentiles didn't know it. Israel didn't know it. 
And sadly, let me say, most of the American church, which is moralistic preaching on both the left and the right, doesn't know it. Nevertheless, the mystery of the Old Testament is Christ concealed. And the mystery of the New Testament is Christ fully revealed. The apostles pointing back towards Jesus. The prophets pointing forward towards Jesus. For the salvation of the whole world. And when you begin to read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, seeing the mystery revealed across every page, the word of God becomes powerful. It becomes alive, as St. Paul says, sharper than any any two-edged sword, because it's speaking directly to you. And it's speaking not, hey, here's some tips to get your act together. It's saying, here is your Savior. Here is the one who has come to you and will never leave you or forsake you, but will be with you until the very ends of the age. Because the power of this mystery, just like any great mystery, is the whodunit. And the whodunit from Genesis to Revelation is not you. The whodunit is God himself, one way to you. And what he has done is this. God has left his throne and condescended himself not to meet you halfway on your spiritual journey, but to meet you right exactly where you're at. He goes all the way down the ladder, fully, as your Savior. And what makes this mystery so profound is that it occurred in the lowliest and most unlikely of ways. The Savior of the world is born and meets us, not in a king's palace, but rather in Bethlehem. And this lowly king, the eternal Son of God, who takes on flesh on a holy mission, meets us as a poor Galilean rabbi, teaching the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and is rejected by the authorities. He is crucified as a criminal, dying for all of our sins, and winning for us our justification and our forgiveness. And the crazy thing is, this profound mystery, especially to Gentile New Yorkers, is an affront But it continues to reveal itself to you in the words preached when you hear the forgiveness of sins. It continues to meet you in something so ordinary, not fireworks, but in water poured over your head with his name attached to it. And it's going to meet you in a moment in ordinary things like bread and wine, which is his body and his blood, assuring you of that forgiveness today. And this is my third point. Yes, that is the mystery. Yes, that's all there is. But that's all you got. And that is what's been revealed. And that is God coming to you on his terms. Nothing to do, only received by faith. Yet it is this reception of this mystery which brings comfort to our anxious souls. It is the reception of this mystery which sees us through this life into the age to come. And it is this reception of this mystery that changes our lives completely. And like those wise men, sends us out of this place, maybe back to our apartments, but surely and most definitely on a different road. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.